Live from the Kingdom of Lilliputs, this is Derailed Trains of Thoughts. Tim. Hey, Nick. How, how's it going? Uh, oh, watch your step. I know. It's it's kind of hard. I mean, it's kind of a neat place, uh-huh. but yeah, I almost killed a couple people last time I tripped. Uh, yeah, and plus having everyone stare at you like all day long is getting a little old. Luckily, they tied you down and then tied me down. They didn't, you know, get to that part. Yeah. So <laughs> I got a picture on my iPhone. So Yeah, thanks for yeah. that. Yeah, we'll put it on the internet sometime. <laughs> but anyway, I like it a lot better than our last staying place. It's true, much more friendly. Much more friendly. Yeah, I mean, they like us decent here, and we can help out a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. The reason we are at Lilliput, dear listeners, is that, uh, well, of course, it ties in with our story school for today. So let's go right into that. Today's story school is the arts of the short form. Get it? Short Little people, little people. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, all writers, generous storytellers, as you're starting out, you have a lot of experience with the short form, whether it's a short story, a short film. It's a much more manageable form of storytelling, generally, than trying to sit down and write a novel for the first time. It's, it's a good way to practice, but it's also an art form in itself. And Nick, you have certainly worked hard over the last few years on on flash fiction, the very, very short form of, of writing. Yes, and the, my, my story I always say about flash fiction is that until I wrote my first one, which came just got as an idea, I couldn't write a story under 1,000 words. I used to complain in college that you couldn't tell a good story in 1,500 words. You need at least 2,500 or something <laughs> like this because it, had, it took a, like, okay, a lot of ideas, and I would work with my students on this. You tend to just add stuff and add stuff. It's very easy to expand Especially when you're not a, you're not practiced at writing. You just kind of you have this idea and just keep writing, writing. Things come up and you add details you don't need. Mm-hmm. And it actually takes a lot more effort to write a good short story. And I remember reading by uh, uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, who do the Dragonlance series. For some reason, I was looking. They they had written some short story about um, Tasselhoff the Kinder. You guys name anyways. And and she was the Margaret Weiss was mentioning that they find it much easier to write novels. Because they have a lot more room, and you don't have to be so deliberate, I guess. Mm, uh-huh. Everything in a good short story, everything should do something, and nothing should be in there that doesn't do something. Right. Um, and so, flash fictions, I really had to keep my ideas down to one single idea, or sometimes just one single image that you could build a story around. The problem, flash fictions for me at least, tend to be a thousand words or less, um, and I have some of them that are like three hundred words or something like that. The trick is then. To have an actual story and not just a scene. Mm. I don't know if you guys have that trouble in film as much. That sometimes maybe you just have shots that you like and not necessarily a plot with a conflict and a resolution. Well, I can certainly see that being a possibility. I mean, in in filmmaking as well as in in writing, you still have the same problem of wanting to create. I mean, yeah, you can always expand. You always since once you start running through a plot thread, you feel like you need to explore a whole make a whole world out of it. I think that's especially tempting pitfall with trying to write a short story in fantasy form because you automatically assume when you're writing fantasy that you have to create this entire world to support your story, which helps, but a short story, you can't. You may come up with all kinds of ideas that you want to include, but then in a short form, that just doesn't work. Yeah, the trick, and I, and I think I've gotten better at it, writing flash fictions, is to communicate as much as humanly possible in as few words. And that you use a lot of shorthands, a lot of, uh, well, screenwriting. They always tell you, start the scene as late as possible and end as soon as possible. Huh. And that's what flash fiction is. You start it as close to the to the climax as humanly possible, and then obviously you have to fill us in on enough details to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you, you start right at the climax. For instance, I, this is just a random of, I don't know if it's the best example, but the first flash fiction that came to mind, I wrote one called The Graveyard which is about this guy who was sent to jail and he, his sister was left alone. And then he's been in jail for years and he came back. It's like 1800s. He comes back and he's looking, he went to the city and he's looking through this graveyard for her tomb because he can't find her anywhere and wants to see if some, she died and want to make sure that she didn't like have to go to prostitution or something. That's a lot of detail. 
But what it starts with is him looking at this tomb. So you have that mystery already. And then as little as, little as possible, that backstory is communicated through this dialogue with this nun. And, of course, you want as few characters as possible, so a lot of characters play multiple roles, or you don't, or you talk about them so to bring them in. Because usually, I mean, if I had to think about most of my flash fiction, probably have anywhere between one and three characters, and hardly any more than that. Yeah. Where most of my novels have... <laughs> hundreds? <laughs> hundreds, a cast of thousands. <laughs> so I guess it's really a trick of finding what is the, what is the one idea, what's the one... Basically, the one action that has to happen. Because you only really have time for one important action. Yeah. And what is that? When I was in directing class, we were talking with our professor at one point about the difficulty we were having. Because it isn't easy to cram a whole story, you know, like you said, beginning, middle, and end. And we were dealing with stories that were five minutes was one assignment, and then another one was supposed to be ten minutes. And we're like... This is really difficult to, you know, have an actual character arc in, in this short of, of cinema time, film time. And he made, he said, one of the reasons why you do this, it's rather like a haiku. You're condensing it down to the main point, to really the heart of the matter, cutting away all the flack. So, or not, not, not the flack, well, yeah, the, all the, all the chaff, the, I guess. Yeah, the flat fat. Fat, cutting yeah, off all fat. cutting off all the fat. So that you're, you're getting to the core of the, what's important about the story or about this character. You really boil it down to essentials. Yeah. Which, in writing, then, you usually create a very distinct, either just very quick, a very distinct character, a very distinct situation, a very distinct location, because you only have time to do one. Yeah. Normally that. And I suppose in film, that helps you really focus on the visual, of the, the most important things you need to capture, as opposed to... Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, I think most students want their... They know they can't go make like a full-length feature right away. They're not ready for that. But most of them probably would prefer their films to be around 15 to 20 minutes. That's what they feel that would be. And some Taylor s- Trilogy. <laughs> no. Some, sometimes that is that what's necessary. It depends on your thing. But you generally don't have the time space for that. I mean, plus, if you're going to film that, you had better darn have important stuff in there. Because if you linger too long on a thing, then your movie is just over long. It's, you're dragging things out if you're not careful. When I try to teach my 6th, uh, 7th, and 8th graders to write short stories, I now use flash fictions because otherwise they can get these very long stories. And uh-huh. and at that age, they can write a story. It's trying to make them write a very focused story because most of them like to write stories one way or another. But one thing I've, I've kind of, I guess I got over on my flash fiction that I use for them is obviously you need conflict and resolution, which sometimes the definition of those, you, maybe you have a an implied conflict and then a resolution that you see or an implied resolution after, you know, because you're playing with very few words. But you also, I mentioned to make a good one, you want a res- you want two types of resolutions kind of on top of each other. You want a physical resolution, which is something that someone does, and then an emotional resolution, which is some sort of change hmm. in the person. And these are somewhat artificial distinctions, but I think it's, I use it to make it so that you can't write a short story where it's like, this guy's racing and he wins a race. That's the story, but it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't have an emotional aspect to it. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? I mean, it's a it's a plot and it has a resolution, but it doesn't grip you. And and you have both an emotional resolution and a physical winning the race has a certain amount of depth, which is about all you you know about all the depth you're going to manage in sometimes a thousand words. Change is a key word because I know in, in screenwriting, one person who's written a lot on screenwriting, Robert McKee, would say that. In every scene in the film, there has to be some sort of change by the end. Otherwise, you don't have actual, nothing actually happened. Nothing was accomplished in that scene if something didn't change. Usually, you know, something about the character didn't change. So you want an internal change and an external change. I mean, in the way I'm taught. Well, which, internal is more important. Internal is more important. Yeah. Yeah. To make a story that lasts. And I, and I figure, at least for fiction writing, in order to make it so that it sticks with the reader some, you have a couple options that I've discovered. One is the twist ending. You know, the surprise ending. You know, not necessarily as in like a M. Night Shyamalan sort of thing, but you know, that it's unique, you didn't expect it, it's, or it's just, just a perfect sort of boom. Kind of thing that, so the ending just kind of sticks with you. And that's a good one. And sometimes I think if you can create just a, a, a unique enough, you want a certain amount of spice or flavor because it's so short, so you want it to feel distinct. So sometimes location can do that really well. Some of your... Style sometimes, for me... 
some of your flash fictions are, are almost more like an introduction to like another world or another but, story you could be writing. Yeah, and, and those are possibly not the best uh, <laughs> examples of a, of an actual self-contained. And, and that's the thing I call them snapshots, partly because I, I envision them as being. Hopefully, this is a complete story, but hopefully, it also feels like it's in a world that's bigger than my than this you know eight hundred word thing. Right. Uh, and sometimes I do that really well, like uh, Dinner at Twilight, and sometimes not so well. Like describing your interdimensional trans or transdimensional intergalactic space races. Oh yeah, I think the short story about that was was more of a hey, this is an idea for something Nick wants to do someday. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Or so, or what was no, no no it was the Web of Worlds. The Web of Worlds was <laughs> even more like that. Yeah, that's that true. was that's probably the that's probably the main offender of being like you know what I want to write this story but I can't right now so. Here's this, here's this, it's like a preview. I mean, <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's like, you know, you show up before the movie and say, coming June 2027. <laughs> Man, I wish I had my time machine right now. <laughs> I do want to write that book someday. Yeah. But um, uh, things you've learned writing, doing your short film. Do you do a number of short films? What, what kind of difficulties have come across? Well, again, like I said, it's sometimes it's hard to contain. Um, see, this is a tricky thing trickier thing for me because although I've directed a couple things I edited a couple I, I'm not really that experienced in actual screenwriting I've written my own short stories but I've never really actually written dialogue for a movie aside from silly skits like Leo stuff yeah you can't have any B plot no no it has to be you have to be focused on a character and his situation that he's in really changes one big thing that sticks in my mind you want him to be different than he was when he started thing and and i guess you need them to have some sort of struggle but simultaneously you can't take too much time with the struggle right which can be tricky sometimes when it seems like he's changed too quickly it has to be something that is manageable in five minutes and ten minutes and i hear i think at least we're story you can probably do this film i'm um, using a sort of shorthand a sort of uh tapping into universal Feelings, emotions, reactions. Mm -hmm. um, another one of my flash fictions came to mind, which may or may not be a good example, is one called Memory Lane. It's about this guy kind of revisiting his high school, and he has all these all these emotions about what he should have done, and he should talk to this girl, and it. it and and one of the comments I got one time said they were completely, you know, because people have sort of this. Not all people, but some people have this longing for that sort of emotionally charged time of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the sort of things could have done different or should have done or how exciting it was. And every every time you even walked by this girl, it was like, you know, your whole body was, you know, shaking. And, you know, you don't have... But anyway, so you're tapping very deeply into that. And then it, and then he starts talking to this girl that he had always wanted to and telling her. And she seems to be like, oh, responding to him. So it's like that, oh, the, the love from high school love that you forgot. So, you know, that all that universal sort of... Things people play with, and then at the end, you find out it's actually a like a three D virtual program that he had paid for. Paid for, yeah. And so it's it's kind of putting a twist on that whole. Uh, so you very quickly at the end, you realize that the conflict and the resolution were more complex than you thought they were in the deep to begin with. Uh huh. And you, but you're playing with stuff that people already understand, as opposed to when I try to you know have Otaka have hymns of exile, and then and people are like, I have no idea who these people are or why they care. And it doesn't work quite as well because there's no shorthand. Uh-huh. That makes a lot of sense. One thing I did think of in terms of, of filmmaking that it teaches you as a trait that will affect your other filmmaking as well, relying more on images than simply words. Because dialogue takes time. You're going to have to have to go through explaining a situation. It can take a lot. So you learn to find other ways to express what's going on. Sometimes this... You see some things show up in a, in a number of student films as a, this, this kind of shorthand. Like, and I did this for one of mine where a character has a whole bunch of books out related to a certain topic that will become an important part of the plot later. It's either foreshadowing or it shows, okay, this is an issue in this character's life. And that's just, that's just one example. Um, or like, there's this one short film that I actually acted in. It was very unlike anything I, I normally do because I was playing a suicidal character. And there's really not much to the story. It was more of a cinematography project than anything. It was just kind of practicing a scene because no offense to the guy who directed it, but there wasn't a whole lot of story other than I was dealing with suicide, with uh, wanting to commit suicide and then actually going through with the act. 
Um, but there was one shot where as I'm taking something out of the fridge, I stop and see, look at a picture of me and this girl. And the connotation is that it's supposed to be my girlfriend. Um, it's actually a picture of me and my sister, Joanna. But most people <laughs> wouldn't know that. <laughs> no, but, and, and the photograph is one of those shorthands that used all the time in film. Yeah, you instantly, instantly establish a relationship, a connection between this and between your main character and another person who's important to him. And writing, can use, you can use the same sort of short... I mean, even the same sort of visual shorthand, objects. Mm. Really, really good objects. What would that be called? German Expressionism. Uh, <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> so short form, I found... I like practicing because I get something done real quick. But it is really an, ex, an experimentation and seeing how much you can pack in. Which I think is kind of exciting. Kind of, you try to figure out how far into this story can I start before people lose me. Mm-hmm. And the pro- the downside to short form is that you really don't have the time to explore issues, characters, worlds that you would like to. Yeah. Um, so, so for some sometimes I could write this short, but it'd be more fun mm-hmm. if it were longer. Right. Yeah. When you try to cram an idea that is too big and should be more fully explored into something that's pretty small, then it's pretty obvious what you're trying to do. Yeah. And then I think the I think the fewer and the uh, the viewer and the reader. I'm not sure short form, depending on how short, has quite the same impact. Unless I mean, there are some that are really punchy. Mm-hmm. In internet society, you know, we like the short things, but you're not in, as invested in it. You know, you read one of my flash fictions, you can read it, forget about it, because yeah. that's just what it's, and that's kind of its purpose, at least as I approach them. It's largely, an, it's half a writing exercise for me. And hopefully get something good out of it. But. A lot of times you're able to come up with something that will keep people thinking for a while afterwards. Like I think Man was one that made made me think of... Yeah, out of, out of 50, there's probably 10 that people will never remember. You know, 25 that are entertaining but may not last. And, you know, hopefully 10 that are stick with you more. Yeah, yeah. Which actually, if, if I get one out of five, that's pretty good actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people actually go... Because I know they'll publish short story collections, but I've never actually picked one up and started reading through them. I'm curious I'm curious how big of an audience that has. Nowadays, I'm not sure it does unless you're... Like, there's a Bray Bradbury short story collection in my sister's bookstore, which I'm very tempted to read. Because I'm at the time where I'm busy enough that short stories sometimes are really appealing. Hmm. But yeah. I also have this deep desire to read these giant novels. So I'm at I'm at war with myself, and I'm and writing wise in the same way. I like these short things. I can get a couple, I get ideas out that really aren't worth spending the year writing the book, mm-hmm. but I like the idea. What you need is another Tales from Jabba's Palace, exactly, or... which I really enjoyed. Yeah, uh-huh. which if you don't know what that book is, it's all these short stories about all the random people in uh, Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I did talk to, I was talking with John again this week, who we had on our a few episodes yeah. back, because he mentioned that he, he wanted to get a bit more publication. And I was like, well, where exactly? Are there are there academic, because I know academic journals publish essays all the time. Are there publications that do similar sort of things with short stories? And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's, this mag, there's these magazines and other things like that where you can... So it's not just like, because I've seen libraries have books of short story collections, mm-hmm. but I guess sometimes they're actual publications. There, there are know. literary magazines that focus on short stories, and um, I, know a cu- I know of a couple that I've looked at before, um, but they tend, to be, they tend to be more on the literary end than, you know, more commercial fiction. Okay. I could be wrong on that, but that's my impression of the short story magazine world. I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, there's a market for short films in terms of Film festivals, student well, not just student, thing, well, usually student film, short films, but sometimes it's a way for a filmmaker to get himself a little more noticed. Like, I, I know a, a couple films that have been nominated or have won Academy Awards for short film category have gone on to, they actually would remake it as a full-length feature. Whether it's worthy or not, I don't know. I've seen some really weird <laughs> uh, nominated films no. in that category. And there's a place for, I mean, besides anyone who puts it on YouTube, there's a place like Blip.tv that is kind of focused on the kind of short-form filmmaker. That's true, although Blip.tv is also as much of a, I mean, they do have films in there, but I guess a lot well, of I it is more, more serialized. It's more serialized. That's more, true. I think it's more TV formatted than film. That's too. true. That is different. And I think uh, there's, honestly, Laura, if Laura was on, <laughs> there's a lot of short story 
room in flash in, in fan fiction. Oh yeah. Um, and in, I think in specialized, I think there probably are science fiction magazines that do it. The problem is just there's so many writers now. I think by definition the magazines tend to be very selective, which tends to push a little more literary just by uh, unless it's unless it's a total type. Fanzine, like the ones oh. that Nathan talks about with that are Godzilla magazines. That's true. The That's true. Stories. So. so one other thing I was going to mention about the short form. And then obviously short form for writing can take longer than a thousand words. But I, I find that the most constrained in the, for uh, like the sort of thing we'll do after this, the best sort of challenge. Hmm. But obviously for a long time, I really, for me, I set my mindset. I don't know, filmmakers probably do the same thing. Before I get an idea, I set myself, how big is this idea? Um, I can, I can, I'm decent at having some sort of within, you know, under a thousand, under 5,000, under 10 or novella length. I, mm. I, I, I have a decent sense now having written enough different length things like the house of memories, which I knew had to be under 10,000. I had this idea actually ended up a little shorter than I thought. It ended up about 6,000 words. I remember Nathan Marshan when he first heard the idea, just my sketch of it, he, he was amazed I could get under 10, <laughs> but I tend to, I tend to be able to cram things in pretty tightly. Which is style. Which is nice. Every once in a while I'll read something I wrote and wish I had a little more breathing room for pulling out certain motions or scenes, but I don't know that I would be able to do it, and I'm not sure. I think I just think that because when I was writing that particular scene, I had such a depth of whatever, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't come through the writing because it's yeah. not going to. Yeah, and sometimes when you come up with that idea, you kind of you have to realize when it's not going to work for the format that you have to write it in or film it in. It'd be I be tradition before I did flight fiction. I was it beginning, middle, end, and now flight fiction. I'm like beginning, middle, end, you know, beginning, middle are basically all attached to the end. <laughs> yeah. So that's a short form. Yeah. That's things I've learned, and some other specific ideas might take into this new experimental section we're doing. Yeah. Next. So that was a little more pragmatic than sometimes story school uh, winds up, but hopefully you found it useful. Yeah. And actually, Tim, I was thought about this. I haven't mentioned this to you. What if? As we do this next section, if they come up with a flash fiction based on these things, maybe they can send it in to us and we could do some sidetracks. Oh, possibly, yeah. Well, we better explain. We yeah, better better explain, explain what this. Should, should we have a, a, some sort of transition intro to this? Sure. Transition intro here. Welcome back. I guess I'll explain. This was we actually threw this idea around half jokingly in our retrospective, didn't we? Yeah, it's funny how some of those ideas we actually wound up doing as a joke, but then was like, oh, let's actually do it. Let's do it. So we were talking about doing a live brainstorm. So first, uh, a warning: this could turn out cool or very, very boring. But <laughs> we have no idea. So actually, it just occurred to me: technically, we won't be having a soundtrack this episode. You may have just noticed that. On the other hand, it's much like why we always do a soundtrack. Part of the reason, if, in case we have never actually explained this, which I don't know if we have. I don't think we have. Part of the reason we include a soundtrack, besides just Nick always has a lot of music he wants to share. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. But Nick is, has got this idea, and I, and I really like using music as a way to inspire you to write new stuff. You get new story ideas. And we hope that that there's a possibility for that in all the soundtrack uh, music choices that we pick. That you can listen to it and say, huh, here's an interesting idea that this helps me think of. Or it just comes to you as you listen. For some reason, I'm wired that uh, music and creativity are very closely linked for me. And I think it is for a number of writers. Um, But even back when I ran the college writing club, I, I made this CD, this music CD, and everyone had to go pick a song from it and write a short story inspired by it. And when I started doing these 50 flash fictions, I just started going through the soundtrack of Final Fantasy X, song by song, and I kept listening to the song over and over again until I came up with a plot. And which, you're, you're like halfway through that by now, aren't you? I am. I'm, I'm most of the way through disc two, I believe. Nice. And it's, it's, sometimes it's rough, because sometimes it'll give you this image of a place or a character, but there's no plot. Mm. And that's the trick. What we'd like to do here today is to play a random piece of music, and then Tim and I go to live brainstorm, um, <laughs> and we'll see how that works. Yeah, but you've never some, done this before. You've never done this before. Uh, and normally I, I do it silently, not like talking to invisible people. <laughs> but I, I, when I was going to do a group of people doing these flash fictions off of Overclocked Remix, I had some sort of suggestions that I thought were good based on my, my habits of trying to get plots out of music. Um, and I'll just list a couple of these. And they tend to contradict each other. 
Uh, <laughs> Real <laughs> so, helpful, Nick. So first off, I'll say don't listen to um, individual elements. Um, listen to the whole. What was the uh, zeitgeist? Is that the proper word? Or a gestalt? One of those words. Um, okay. Was the big idea? You know, what's the scene, emotion of the whole thing as a thing of a whole, and go with that. You know, just start going off it. I, usually, I'll I'll have the music start the inspiration, then I'll just go crazy. You know, and then at the end, sometimes it doesn't look anything like it started. And then I said, well, if that doesn't work, listen to the individual elements, just the drums, or just this, or just that. And what does that make you? You know, and sometimes time to say, think outside the box. If it's real epic, see if you can make you, make you think of some sort of, like, washing the dishes. Um, <laughs> you know, juxtapose. I love juxtaposition. Uh -huh. that's, that's a good word. Um, and then I, I also say, think in stereotypes. So if it's jazz music, think of being in some sort of jazz bar. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, because not everything works with every piece. Well, you know, art is very fluid, so I guess your it's, guidelines it, can be It's too. very fluid. Um, for, for the songs I know where they're from, I try to completely ignore where they're from. Yeah. You know, not try to say, oh, I know this is from Mario in a castle, so I'm going to put it in a castle with a plumber. <laughs> um, which actually would probably make a cool story, but... <laughs> Maybe a little too obvious inspiration there. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes they cross that own line. But the, then the real trick is, once you get the scene, or the idea, or the emotion, which is the first thing, is to pin a plot to it, pin a conflict to it, um, which usually comes second. So I'll listen to a story, I normally have some idea, like, uh, Tim likes my heavenly music, Fleisch Fiction, which is about this orchestra that jumps out of planes. While, while playing. playing. Yeah, while playing, not just because. Yeah. <laughs> it's especially about this one person who signed up for it, not knowing what he was getting into. <laughs> but the, the music origin would just give the idea of an orchestra, but that wasn't really a story. Hmm. And it only gave me an impression of flying. So I started just combining the two. That works. So so that's the that's the idea here. As you're listening to these, if you come with your own, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Either you could write out the whole flash fiction, which would be awesome, or if you just give us some ideas. Throw out an idea. Maybe we'll actually make your own yeah. off your idea. Yeah, that'd be good. So <laughs> as long as that's okay with you. So <laughs> so maybe after all this, I'll have to make one of these into an actual flash fiction. There you go. We'll try this one or two times, depending on how this goes. Yeah. So what? how do we want to pick these? Overclocked roulette thing? <laughs> is, is there like a random button on overclocked remix? On the on, on the front page, they have top five songs that change every like oh, okay. so often. I think you should probably pick it, not me, since I tend to recognize like everything. But like, see, the Russian roulette. Right oh, there. So okay. just pick one here, Tim, and we'll see what we can do. Okay, well, let's see. Maybe we should always pick the third, no matter what always it is. Pick the, okay, I was going to go with Goofy Ska. Okay, let's try it. That. Oh, I just want to hear what that sounds like. This is Goofy Ska remix from the game Faxadanu. Fazanadu? Fazanadu, yeah. Fazanadu. That's it, Fazanadu. All right, and um, I guess one more thing. Sometimes to do this well, you have to listen to it several times. We'll try not to make you guys sit through that. <laughs> but I got to get a sense of, and well, Tim's going to help me, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Okay, my first impression is like a newsroom typewriter. Really? Yeah. I was thinking more, uh, I kind of like that. Let's go with that. I'm thinking kind of, the style has to be kind of cartoonish. Like, really hyper. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, let's see. Um, breaking news. It's, it's like the whole newsroom is in the same in chaos. Yeah, I think, for some reason, I just think asteroid. <laughs> Coming down. Oh, okay, I thought you, I thought the newsroom was on an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds vaguely like um, ludicrous speed, actually, from Spaceballs, but... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so okay, so we have newsroom, massive typing, asteroid coming down. Um, so what's the conflict? Um, asteroid coming down. <laughs> well, that's a problem. That's not a conflict. We're going to stop it. That's true. Um, the editor what? doesn't like anyone's take on the story. Okay, so we keep having new, new, new. They keep pulling out newspaper people during the 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 live footage, maybe. Uh, possibly. Well, wait. You mean like a newsroom, like a TV? I was thinking newspaper. Oh, you're thinking newspaper. That's why the typing. Then. Oh, okay. Okay. So everyone's typing it up, different styles. The editor's looking for the. And Yo's just screaming and everything. He wants the human interest angle. He, he's <laughs> looking for the orphan who has like big teary eyes. <laughs> so it has to be a humorous article. I mean, humorous story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely over the top. 
I could like, write that. It's almost like an anime sort of style. Okay, I, I, I you know, like the, the insurance agents from, uh... <laughs> Completely ridiculous. From Trigun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I could write that. Yeah, I think There you go. Wow. Wow, look at that. We, we managed to come up with it as it was, as the song was going. And it's not, not a long song. No, it wasn't. Okay, Tail, I actually, this works much better in groups than singly. I mean, I would have been <laughs> listening to it, being like, huh. Just throwing, it's, well, it's just a quick throw. Yeah, out of well, ideas. and that's, and, and Tim knows this. The way I do um, brainstorming, is I just throw out ridiculous stuff. Sometimes it makes no sense at all. And sometimes it works. But, okay, so, so wrap up. Yeah. Just opens up newsroom crazy. You're, you're describing it. Mm -hmm. The main character is the boss. Okay. I think. Uh -huh. Because he's the one mad and angry. And, and then you have all these, I think you could have a lot of very quick, idiosyncratic, char or eccentric characters with their little takes. And you could be reading off sections. And mm -hmm. you could have the, you know, the track, the... All kinds of different versions. You could really play with the styles of the different. Probably like too. each reporter would have its own like personality and style. Like maybe one of them, the guy who does the sports, is like all pumps. Like, yeah, yeah man, this is gonna rock. This is gonna be cool. No pun intended on rock. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so and then the resolution would have to be either he finds a good one or he fires everyone or the asteroid hits the building. <laughs> that is awesome, Tim. Okay, you guys, you have to go write that one. Seriously. All right, let's do another one. Um, this is fun. This is fun. Third okay, let's one? do let's do your idea for the third one. Third one. Okay. So well, Final Fantasy VIII. Well, it didn't Tim. take us long to get a Final Fantasy song. <laughs> uh, Liberi Fatali Overhaul, which I believe is the main theme from the first movie. Okay, yeah. Remixed by MP. You know, we never said who was. We the, should. We should just to give him credit. Yeah. Um, Electron. So, actually, a, a subatomic particle remixed that last one. <laughs> All right, here we go. MP remixes this Final Fantasy VIII song here. Might be a little different than Goofy's Ska. Yeah. Ready? Okay, yeah. here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> when we were in choir, I've done a lot of choir singing for the Final Fantasy X. Yeah, there's a lot in that particular album. For some reason, I keep thinking, um... Whoa, that's a change. Okay, electronics always hard because you gotta like not put it like in a dance club immediately, <laughs> or or a rampaging computer. Rampaging, yeah, exactly. And I gotta get rid of the asteroid. I have all this space in my head now. <laughs> well, especially eight has some stuff to do with space. Yeah, I, I need a palate cleanser between. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. All I see now is 8 bit like uh, ninjas fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is one I could see you'd have to nightmare to listen to several times. Well, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Now, there just seems to be kind of this mission idea, like some sort of building up to a. Uh, Maybe it's a kid playing games, and, but his mom interrupts with him some chore he has to do, so he turns it into this overblown. So he's so he's he he's uh, making his life, describing it as if he was still playing a video game. That could be. No. I don't know. If that's what you're meaning. That's just why. Well, well I, I'm just throwing out ideas. Oh yeah. Sort um, of a Scott Pilgrim sort of vibe. Oh, I could I can see that going with that. I really want to get those. Uh, Get those uh, choir singers in here somehow. <laughs> I know I need some sort of montage. Mm -hmm. um, him doing different. Like late night city. Um, mopping his apartment. <laughs> Getting ready for his girlfriend to come over. Uh -huh. Cleaning up. I don't know why. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Taking out the trash. Taking out, yeah, exactly. See, all these. See what you do. You do all these, all these things, and he's doing them, you know, with some sort of flair. Uh huh. And you don't he, know why. And he, maybe he has his own system so that he gets XP for each time he accomplishes something. It's like his own like motivation sort of habits. Interesting.
Not quite as successful in that one. Not some ideas that you could, with a couple more listens through, you could probably pull something out. Yeah, should we, maybe we should leave that for one for our listeners to fi- pick up the pieces where we left off there. And, yeah, give, where... listen to it one more time and uh, expand upon that. Yeah, we were heading somewhere interesting with that. Yeah, but, but I, I kind of like this idea of just kind of talking through one and then moving on. To yeah, something else. I am. I'm with you there. Now let's see if I. Oh, number three. Here we go. It changed. All right. Kirby's Adventure. Is the game? Yes. Remix is called Cosmic Transformations. Remixed by Ella Guro. I have no idea what this song is, so let's try this. From 2005, so you've probably heard it at some point. Well, probably at some point, but... All right, here we go, guys. Kirby's Adventure. No asteroid. That's interesting. Welcome to the world <laughs> uh, Suddenly I had a tree growing. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe like terraforming Ooh. a planet. Uh-huh. I mean, it was all barren and... Uh-huh. Someone sent to... You know what would be interesting? This would be kind of sci-fi. If you, uh... Maybe it's... It reminds me of some city for some reason. And just the beginning. Where you're this character or like this creature, and you see, you live through like humans coming to the planet, terraforming it, and then, I don't know, leaving disarray and leaving. Oh, that's interesting. Like, some sort of observer sort of story. Hmm. When you first said terraforming, the first thing I think of, strangely enough, because I haven't seen it in a while, is Titan AE. Okay, yeah. Because that's kind of the climax of that. That's true. Now the music completely changed now. From my original idea, but I like that first idea. Yeah. Okay. See, this this makes me think you should make this story based on a character, like a really spunky. I don't know if I'm gonna say girl or boy at this point. Maybe a, like a, a space traveling kind of kid. Like I, I can't. I keep referencing back to different movies, but, <laughs> but it made me think of like Jim Hawkins from uh, Treasure Planet. Oh, okay. Like yeah. the kind of you know, he's tech savvy, but he keeps popping from one planet to another, doing something. I always want to make a robot kid. <laughs> delivering packages. Delivering packages. It's, it's Interstellar Christmas. <laughs> Wait, what? It's like Santa Claus is a robot that goes from planet to planet. <laughs> okay, that's different from a delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> what is delivery? But here's the thing. Yeah. Every planet has a different um, day that runs as Christmas. Oh, okay. So he goes from, or she or it, uh-huh. goes from planet to planet. And, you know, but, you know, it, you know the timing scale is all different depending on planet. That's true, yeah. And maybe... If you look at science fiction-y, you could have time passing or not passing depending on how close to speed of light they're going. <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> so, like, maybe they like their visits would be years apart? Maybe. Maybe it's like a, it's a, like a seven-year locust Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and then, children, every seven years, our Santa will come and visit us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, that needs some hammering out, but that could also be awesome. Definitely. The song just kind of keeps going. Okay. It changes, too. The changing songs are fun. Now, was, is this mix, remixing more than one track from It might be. I didn't check. We can check afterwards. Okay. Oh, it's kind of got the same feel, but... Okay, yeah. See, this is when maybe he's going to be late. <laughs> there you See, go. Christmas is in danger. Maybe Christmas in danger. Maybe it's a very, uh, you know, very uh, tightly scheduled thing, and something goes wrong, and so it's the, you got this race against time also there, thrown in there. There's an evil robot that's trying to keep Christmas from happening <laughs> for this. One. This might be over flash fiction age at the, uh, side at this point. <laughs> you might be able to pull it off. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And this song is all over the place. I like it. I have to download this one. (laughs) 
See, now I got Christmas stuck in my head. <laughs> I know. Get a new idea. That feels more royalty. Ooh, what if what if what if the robot Santa is is supposed to be delivering a present to the to the prince of this uh, really you know uh, fuss, fuss, well, I was gonna say fussy dictatorship. If oh. he doesn't get his present in time, he could be in big trouble. Ah, that could be. And then maybe because if the dictator doesn't get the present, then no one else in the plant gets present because he decides, you know, whatever he gets, everyone else gets. Oh, okay. So, like, the, the fate of millions of kids lasts <laughs> because of this one emperor. <laughs> so, what we need is actually a series of, like, five flash fictions about this delivery robot kid. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this could be kind of like another series, like your, uh, your Arabian Nights type uh, uh, letters story. Yeah. Or series. How is it still going? <laughs> wow, Tim, we we hit a winner here. And I, I think we're done for this. Yeah. And that's with that's the terraform planet being left the humans are leaving. <laughs> so wow. Interesting different completely different ideas from the from the beginning and conclusion to the middle. That is one apparently one song they remixed. Huh. Man, that was cool. See and Chippo. Interesting. All right, so what do you say, Tim? One more? Yeah, let's do one more. Which one do you feel like? Um, hmm. What, half down done with this? Sure. Silent progression? The, the, I don't know. The, the, there are a lot of interesting titles there. Pick one. I would say either What Half Thou Done With This or Bomber Fuzz. Let's try Bomber Fuzz because Chrono Trigger is well known. Okay. Bomber Fuzz, which is a remix by Fuzz <laughs> <laughs> of the normal background music. All right, here we go, Tim. From the game Bomberman. Oh yeah, I should guess I should mention that. <laughs> oh. oh no, electronic one. Here we go. Uh, well, you listen to Overclock remakes. You've got like a one in especially early three, ones. Yeah, one in three chance of getting. In the later ones, there's much fewer, but here we go. Ah, I think we picked the wrong song. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. Here. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, change. Just for something different. If you like, you, if you want to listen to bo Bomber Fuzz and come up with an interesting. Please, please do so. Okay. I know JJT often, uh, Jiggy John T, I believe is his full name, or full remixer name, often does piano and jazzy stuff. So um, this is F Zero. It looks, looking from DJ Pretzel's description, it looks like it does include some solo pianos. So. All right. We'll be in, here's something a little different. And uh, this is, the remix is called Silent Progression Remastered. Remix from F Zero, which was a great game. All right, here we go. More pants up. There we go. Every time I hear an F Zero remix start like this, it always kind of throws me off. <laughs> what you mean? It does feel like racing cars. <laughs> okay, maybe just because it's weather right now, but autumn. Mm, yeah. Or at least some sort of. Nope. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I still think it needs to be autumn outside, but maybe you're inside somewhere. I, I, my first impression was like sitting in a inside with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate, looking out the window at a kind of a damp, kind of like the weather we've been having lately. Now, the trick with those images, which are great, is find the conflict. Yeah, exactly, because that's just calming. And then you turn to the internal conflict, which is doable. The other thing this kind of music often reminds me of. Mr. Rogers' Neighbor. <laughs> Very calming piano. Uh, again, lacking the hot conflict. <laughs> Maybe it's the last day he's somewhere. That isn't quite fit. His, his, he, yeah, he's about He's about to leave, but he's in danger of losing his romance. Okay, I like that. Or may, maybe it, the romance doesn't even know he's in danger of losing his romance. I mean, he hasn't said anything, uh, or not much. Hmm, interesting. So maybe, maybe he's envisioning all this, uh, the, this is me messing with Styles again, envisioning all this interplay between him and the 
woman, we'll say, mm-hmm. but she is not, not quite getting it yet. Oh, she thinks they're just friends. Yeah, so maybe it's this, this sort of, you know, so you have this very warm atmosphere inside and this, you know, things falling apart outside and him trying to, maybe with some sort of a slightly humorous mark, trying to get her to realize this. Maybe he's not the one leaving. Maybe she's about to leave somewhere, and, and he's oh, afraid okay. he's not going to see her again. That could be. Maybe she's a... Maybe in the coffee shop, maybe she's an employee or a person who comes all the time. And... See, you get up to your tensions rising here. So yeah, it, it is. is. Because, obviously, the idea of that could be either long or short, depending on how you ride it. Mm-hmm. I think there's certainly potential there. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. I'm now listening to the music. Um, <laughs> I think that, and I, in mind, I would like would like to have some sort of resolution, yeah, some sort of recognition, and, and probably not too overblown. For, but for just a thing. maybe just kind of a hint of. Of the girl, there's a flicker of oh, we could be this. In here. Yeah, I like that. That's certainly doable. With another, a little more thinking, me another listen, you could probably pull that off. Yeah, yeah. There's some interesting stuff there. That was a good. That was a good last song. Yeah, I feel like we should kind of wrap up with one one last song that said without us talking over it that, that they can pick that they can pick and they can do their own brainstorming. Okay, with. for you guys to bow out. Uh, this is your assignment. Come up with just you know write us our your. Just your impressions, your thoughts listening to this. You don't have to write a whole story unless you're ambitious. Uh-huh. This is um, from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Remember, you can you can write it or contact us by leaving it. You could make it a comment fic, as Laura Fisher would call it, at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. Or feel free to email us at derailedtrains at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just stay in contact with us. We'll be, uh... This podcast was recorded yeah. ahead of time. Nick has not, and Natasha have not actually given birth to their new baby, so if you're wondering why we haven't talked about her yet, <laughs> that she's technically not here. This was no. recorded about the same time the last episode was, but we... Well, uh, you're enjoying it mid-November. That's right. So, so uh, how lucky are you? By the time this comes out, I'm like, uh, I'm technically a year older. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> so, this is remixed by Saint420. Uh, it's called SOS. Uh, Tim and I have both used this for various projects, short projects. Short, short films, yeah. And it has a very distinct mood, so we think it might be a good one to go off of. Yeah. And one last reminder, again, we'll pro- this will probably be the only regular episode to come out this month, although might maybe figure out a soundtrack, or a sidetrack, not a sound, sound <laughs> a sidetrack uh, that we might release after Thanksgiving, but we'll see. In the meantime, this has been Tim. This has been Nick. Adios. Bye-bye. Oh. Oh, it went one of those little fusions. Oh.
wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.